Hello everyone, welcome to the Shape Through Fate podcast. Sorry this one's taken a while, there wasn't an episode last week. I originally put this episode up, then realised that the audio got all out of sync at the end, so I listened to it and it was unbearable. So I took it down and I went away and now I'm finally getting around to uploading it. This one has been an absolute bastard to edit. So hopefully you like it. Today's guest is Penelope Tree. I've got Glenn and Joe with me. So here's what Penelope Tree sound like. So just to add to the fact that this episode was a nightmare to record... The audio for the first part of this was recorded on a different microphone because I'm an amateur and I forgot to turn mine on. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be back up and running and normal service will resume from next week. But here's a chat with Glenn and Joe from Penelope Tree. So, hope you enjoy it and I'll speak to you next week. Yeah, here's the intro then. Shake Through Fake Podcast. Today I am joined by Glenn and Joe, who are in the band Penelope Tree. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright, I'm alright. See the seamless change there? Like, now That's we're fantastic. That's great. Yeah, Professional. I feel really, really nervous all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, you don't need to be, don't worry. You don't need to, see, I can't even fucking talk. You don't need to be nervous. <laughs> see, it's, there's me saying don't be nervous and I can barely get a sentence out. <laughs> How have we been during lockdown? I don't know if you boys want to talk at the same time, or who's older out of you two? Joe, let him go first. Yeah. I'm the old okay, man. So should we do that then? Question, and then Joe answers, Glenn answers, and it will be that... a nice civilised roundtable discussion almost. That probably Sounds makes good. the most sense. <laughs> it makes it easier for me as well, because I don't have to edit people talking over each other. Yeah, fair point. So how have you been during lockdown then? Yeah, not too bad. Keeping busy. It's... um. The first one, I think the second one actually was probably the hardest, like, because it was kind of again and again. And then the third one was just kind of like, oh, my God, I'm so done with this now. I know that feeling. Yeah. I think think the the first one was my favourite. I absolutely loved it. (laughs) Then uh, the, the Christmas one was the one that got me, just where everything went into winter and suddenly you couldn't go outside. Yeah. And there was tear levels, and I was worried Boris was going to be circling in a helicopter, sniping people that left their home. <laughs> At some points, it was like, is this actually a movie? Like, I'm going to go to different zones, and there'll be tents set up, so you can't come in here because it's tier three or whatever. Like, it felt really weird at some points. Yeah, no, it's really funny because I just jumped on our Discord chat, the band chat. We don't use it very often. And obviously, because we're recording this, I jumped in and I was looking through our old messages. And there's just so many times me and Joe have been like, well, I'm sure it'll be fine by April. And we'll be ready for that festival in May. <laughs> yeah, right. There was so, I think there was so much. It was like, you know, it'll all be over by summer. And it would, it'll all be, you know, it will be this, it'll all be that. And then it's just, it's just dragged on and on and on. Oh, like when I broke up from work, a job that I'm no longer at because COVID got that out of the way. There we go. There's a sab out of the way. But um, yeah, like I was like, oh, it's fine. We'll have like maybe four weeks at home. It'll be great. We'll get paid for it. And then we're back to normal. And like six months later, it's like, oh, we're still not back in. It's mental. 
It is crazy. It's done my songwriting a world of good, though. We've got so much yeah. material to sit on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll get onto that. I, I'm going to mention what I would class as the elephant in the room, Glenn, because I know you're a Chelsea fan. Oh, huge Chelsea fan. I'm currently missing the Leicester game to record this. Are you? Yes. <laughs> oh, you should have said, mate. That's how dedicated I am to this. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. I was going to mention the FA Cup, but I won't because you've just mentioned that now. So as you're giving up the Chelsea game, we'll leave the FA Cup where it is. Did, did you see my Instagram? <laughs> I, I, I flicked through it, yeah. Oh, mate. I was actually recording live when... The Chelsea goal was disallowed, and it was heartbreaking. <laughs> it just was. <laughs> oh. It's like one of those moments that will just go viral for like, oh no, these poor Chelsea fans. Well, the worst thing was my girlfriend, um, because the FA Cup final was on, left the house for the day. She went to go see her friends for a coffee, like tried to stay out the house as much as possible. Sod's law, she walks in just as that like VAR screen comes up. Oh, no. The goal's disallowed. She walks in like, how's your day? And I'm just swearing blindly. <laughs> <laughs> Thing yeah. is, knowing both of them, I could picture how this played out as well, and it would have been beautiful. <laughs> See, I don't know why I'm bringing that up, because I'm not a Leicester fan. Like The FA Cup meant absolutely nothing to me, because I'm a Cambridge fan, and we went out in like the first round. So, what, I, I mean... I, I, According to Twitter, after that game, everyone's a Leicester fan. <laughs> if you're not a Chelsea fan, suddenly <laughs> everyone supports point. Leicester. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a very good point. Uh, yeah, so let's segue into the the band then. So talk to me about how Penelope Tree came about, because I know of you guys because I'm friends with Luke, who was your drummer. And yes. But wh- what got you up to that point? Like, was it... Uh, Oh, we're all a bunch of mates that's going to make a band, or was it different? No, nah, different not times, at all. So talk There's to me about one. how it came together. Give it, give me all the long, right. give me the Lord of the Rings version. Let's go. Let's it, was, it was, it was, it was, it was a really weird, like convoluted story because, like, me and Glenn kind of met to join my band, Good and sight. we, yeah, we like messaged a bunch and like went out for a drink to like introduce to each other and stuff like that and just kind of have that chat and then nothing really happened for about a year but we didn't really just didn't really speak for like a year yeah and i I was in a band with yeah i was in a band with luke at the time um because i I worked with luke at our old job and we're completely separate band completely different singer and we needed another guitarist and I sort of dropped Glenn a message and I was like, oh, you know, I know that you're doing this other stuff, but I wondered if you fancied coming and uh, and playing with my band for, you know, to see how that goes. Um, so he did. He came down. We had a little practice and then the singer left after that practice. It wasn't me. <laughs> he felt threatened by you, Glenn, see? You showed it was a up. Girl. Was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Even no. Worse. It, she <laughs> yeah. was. She was. She just decided she didn't want to do music anymore, which was completely fair. And then, obviously, because Glenn had this other project, the like acoustic project that he was working on, we just yeah, kind of went. Well, should explain that bit first. Is, oh so, yeah, yeah. So the name Penelope Tree. Um, basically, my dad had a band in the eighties, and they were called Penelope Tree, named after a sixties model. And uh, so I started a folk project when I was at uni um, and just kept the name because I really liked it. And then that then just carried over to this band when I like joined Joe and that lot. So it's just followed me. Yeah, I wonder where the name came from, because it's not it's not like, a, 
your typical band name, if that makes any sense. Like, it's not something you'd hear. I mean, you wouldn't hear it other than you guys, but it's not something you'd hear like very often. Yeah, it's Penelope a bit... Tree was a bit like, oh, okay, I wonder where that's come from. I've always thought the most similar thing that it sounds to is a bit like Tiger's Jaw. It's yeah. just that sort yeah. of two words. Nobody really knows what it means, but it's a name. That's the strangest thing about it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very much one of those, like, it kind of, it was a little bit of, like, one of those stars align moments because we were just like, oh, well, I've, I'm, in, I'm now a guitarist with a drummer that doesn't have a singer or another guitarist. You're a guitarist and singer with a bunch of songs written and don't have a drummer or another guitarist. So shall we just... Let's hook up. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> was it a similar genre that you're playing now? Or was it, oh, well, we want to go in a different direction? And like, we so how went did that work? Heavily emo at the start. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Love that. Yeah. Like, we were... Proper brand new meets Hawthorne Heights esque. <laughs> yeah, it's very dark, much darker than it is now. Okay. We're talking six minute like songs. Fair. I quite like the sound of it. <laughs> it was Some of those songs are cool. Yeah, Did any of those songs make it onto the the um the scene you create, or was it the scene you create completely separate from them? No. So basically what happened was we got to this point where I was writing new stuff and obviously Luke was in the band now as well with me. And Luke was a lot more pop punk inspired um, where I was coming at from this emo angle. And I really got into the Wonder Years around this time. So I was like, I'm going to start writing this pop punk stuff. Should we just scrap all the emo stuff, call it phase one or whatever, and we'll just start again. And we wrote Stanic Lakes. Right. And that was like the... The, the song that kicked off what Penelope Tree is now. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that was really good because once we got out of the way, it was just a bit of an yeah. anthem to show what the band is. So Before... when, when did uh, Jamie come in? I was going to say, <laughs> the, the story of Jamie Jordan is just something beautiful. Like... Cool. Hit, hit me with it. So, again, it started through Join My Band. Nice. Um, Jamie, so I put an ad out saying we're looking for bassists. And uh, I got three replies, and we were like, we're going to audition all of them. Um, so, <laughs> firstly, Jamie's the only one out of the three that doesn't turn up to the audition. No explanation. <laughs> Just doesn't turn up. So, unfortunately, we ruled the other two guys out for various reasons. Won't go into it. Um, but then, about two months later, I went out on a club night <laughs> at our student union, and uh, I'm in the, uh, like, smoking area, having a beer, just chatting to this group of guys. And one of them goes, oh, we, we're talking about, um, like, bands and stuff. And one of them goes, oh, I'm actually a bassist looking to join a band at the minute. And I was like, oh, mate, that's great. We're actually looking for a bassist. What's your name? And he was like, oh, Jamie Harris. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> 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 Weren't you supposed to, uh, like, turn up and meet us two months ago? <laughs> and he, he oh, quite rightly fuck. said, sorry, I'm a little bit late, but if you want to do it again. <laughs> and that was it. And wow. Then, like, yeah. So was Jamie... there like an awkward, like when he told you his name, were you like, I don't want to let on that I know who you are? No, I was, was so it... drunk. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Glenn <laughs> doesn't have that filter. Glenn doesn't <laughs> yeah. have that filter. <laughs> yeah, because I can just, pick, if there was no alcohol, I can just picture this like, 
I want to say something, but I don't want to let on that I know who you are. <laughs> well, he says to this day that he clicked before I did. So I think he had that awkward moment for about 15 minutes yeah. before I just and said he's, it. And he's the guy that didn't show up. So it's even worse for him. He's like, oh, bollocks. What excuse am I going to give him? Uh, it was... Yeah. It was... It was kind of a click moment, though. Like, once we all met him and he got into the room and stuff, it was kind of a little bit of a, that's the guy. Yeah, And he's been nice showing up late ever since. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, you've always got to have that one member, haven't you? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. He's always the one guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's nice when you get into a room and, and you vibe, though, because I think, I mean, as you guys alluded to with two of your bass players, I mean, we've had drummers after drummers that show up and you're just sat there in the rehearsal room like, what? the fuck is this guy doing yeah and yeah. it just doesn't it, you know from the off it doesn't work yeah and it's like well we're here for four hours so oh no work. it worked well for us though i mean like seriously the first year we were in the band hands down these guys became my best friends and yeah. like we we were inseparable and that, that was one of the hardest things about luke leaving was it was because it was all about him moving away like he was back down yeah. in bournemouth um and at that point, none of us were financially able to, like, make that work with gigging and things. Um, so that was one of the hardest things. So we had to lose a friend. And then we got Chris in, which was yeah. great. And it's it's changed the sound of the band a little bit in terms of he's a lot more sort of vocally astute. Right. Um, but whereas Luke's, like, one of the best drummers I've ever met slash played he, with. Yeah, yeah. like... I, I knew him through school when he was like maybe 10, maybe 11, something like that. And he was just constantly like, everything was drums. You're like, oh, there's a guy practicing at, you know, like in the music room. It's like, I know exactly who that's going to be. <laughs> like, he, he was so on <laughs> it and he's quality on the drums. He's, yeah. he's so, yeah. he's so got. Good. He's so tight and it's, um, and he's got such chops as well. And it's like Glenn says, it's like, it's not like, it's just completely different with Chris. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just, we think about things differently. The songs kind of come together differently. Like, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just, it is like, kind different. of the, yeah, it's different. And it's, and that's always cool as a musician, right? When you're writing stuff and suddenly you yeah. start thinking about stuff in a different way and approaching things from a different angle. Yeah, I think it's good as well. Cause if it was like a, a carbon copy almost, like you were trying to replace a Luke with a Luke. It's like, well, you're not going to get a Luke because he's already left the band. So it's nice that you've now got a guy that's bringing in different ideas, different dynamics and yeah. ideas and stuff. So that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, completely different. Luke is like such a perfectionist and like he works really hard to, to get good at his instrument. And, and Chris just comes from a much more emotive place and he's passionate about what he does and he wants the best sound. And it's it's a completely different way to approach things. I'd say it's slightly more creative with Chris, but yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to see how different people affect that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the scene you create then, twenty sixteen, that came about soon after the band was formed, or I mean, so soon after everyone was in. I mean, cause like you say, the band you met, and then a year later, you'd not spoken to each other. And, and all that. <laughs> so when like what year was it? Right, we're officially officially. I can't fucking talk again. What year <laughs> is it? You were officially. I'll have to edit that out because I mean I'm just gonna sound like an idiot. What year were you officially Penelope Tree? Twenty fifteen. So we yeah. went into the studio in November twenty fifteen to do the first 
to do things you create and then being naive and not really understanding what was going to have to go into a record after you'd just done the <laughs> initial recording that that stung us a little bit things like artwork and uh yeah. sort of just making sure the mixes are right took us so long and we haven't got any right. better at it <laughs> i mean i mean that like yeah ian who ian sadler who we recorded um both of the first two eps with has put up with us just kind of being naive and kind of grow, like let us grow a little bit through him because he's he's always been very taken the time to like help us get happy with everything and you know work yeah, with yeah. us to get the best product at the end of it so did you find it was easier the second time around very different challenges i think the second time around it was um so the first time around obviously was that kind of naivety of you know like we wanted to we wanted to try and make sure everything went out and they got stung by like artwork and getting cds made and you know just kind of trying to make sure that it hit in the right way the yeah. second time we kind of felt like we were a little bit more ready for that i think but then kind of other issues came up um like you know because the same issues actually came up as well with like trying to get new merch and stuff like that and not realizing how long that would take and the timing of how it worked as well like luke had gone off to australia for a little while as well um just after we recorded the second dp and we kind yeah. of then were just sat on it waiting like re ready for him right, to come yeah. back um and it was just it was just kind of like one of those that life kind of happened <laughs> i think is the yeah. best because obviously luke came back and moved back down to bournemouth so we were like well, we want to do this right like we've recorded these songs that we're really proud of we want to do it right we don't just want to stick it out on spotify and do nothing with it so we wanted to wait until we could do it right and then just kind of life happened a little bit yeah yeah so that's at times we sat in silence isn't it yeah that's yeah. yeah go on glenn what were you saying 2016 i was saying 2016 sounds like so long ago doesn't it like it really it does. does yeah i don't like saying years because like it makes everyone like even if you say oh, it's 2019 that's still two years ago yeah <laughs> it, it feels like 10 but it's only two yeah, I mean, it's weird when you think back on writing the songs and everything. I mean, Restless, like, that feels like I was writing it, like, six months ago. <laughs> I know. So let's get into So how's the writing process work with you guys? Because I know, <laughs> obviously, bands work in different ways. You might have a main writer. You might all get in a room and jam. You might have, right, I've got this idea, and you build it up from, from that. Like, what works best for you? So or I have tend you found to... that yet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I write the what I'd call the foundation of the songs. So I'm a big okay. believer in Guitar Pro <laughs> as an app. Okay. Um, so I do everything in Guitar Pro and then essentially bring it to the guys and say, this is the essence of the song. Yeah. Um, take it, adapt it, amend it, whatever you want to do with it. Play around with it. As long as it's still got those sort of the foundation notes and just like the same sort of feel then I'm happy, but let's get together and iron it out. And then the guys tend to chop and change everything. We have some that are like note for note, pretty much what I wrote at the start. And then some like Restless, which changed dramatically. I think only the intro is the same. Yeah, it was a massive change. I, I've never met somebody that writes on Guitar Pro, so that's a first. Yeah, <laughs> nor yeah. nor had any of us until we met Glenn. <laughs> and I mean, Joe vouched me. I'm I'm a speed demon on that thing. Oh, like, honestly, so like, that's like the tab software, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Because I, when you said Guitar Pro, I was thinking, I've heard of like Amplitude and and like, I was thinking it was a plugin, but I'm like, oh no, it's actually the uh, the tab software. Okay. Uh, there, there was a. I remember because me and Glenn lived together for a little while. Um, and I distinctly remember there was once we were sat in our living room and I sort of came up with this idea for a song and we were trying to like flesh out this song together. I don't think this one ever saw the light of day, but we started like trying to flesh out this song and Glenn sort of had his laptop in front of him and was like, oh yeah, I'll just sort of like work on the guitar pro while we were like working on it. And it was just, it was a thing of beauty to watch how quickly he works on it. It's, I've never seen anyone move that quickly on guitar pro. I'm intrigued to see this. And then next time, I mean, we're inevitably <laughs> going to play shows again. Next time, I want to see the uh, the Guitar Pro at work. Oh, I like, can do that. You play your song, I'll tab it up while you're doing your set. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. If you want a nice MIDI version of any of your tracks, you let me know. That, that, is what, that is always the funniest thing, though, because when you listen to the MIDI, like especially like as it comes out of guitar pro it's like yeah. it, it's like it's it's quite it's so funny to hear what it is and like the amount mm-hmm. of times where like I, i'm probably the worst one for it to be fair i'll listen to the midi and i'll be like oh, I, don't, I don't know about that i'm not sure and then we'll get into a practice room and play it and i'll be like this song fucking slaps <laughs> yeah. yeah i can imagine although saying that if it was like 15 years prior to the day we are today Think of all the polyphonic ringtones you boys would be selling. Oh, that's oh. where it started, mate. That's because that uh, that would be it, wouldn't it? You'd be yeah. in the market for the old, uh, you know. Yeah, we'd we just the, uh... we just want to be a Nokia thirty three ten. That's that's all we're going for. <laughs> Trying to get that niche market. Definitely release it next time you do. Uh, <laughs> you do gaming streaming, Joe. You should just play in the background all the Guitar Pro tracks and just see if anyone notices. To be fair, I could. <laughs> That could go for hours, the amount I've got from like where we've been writing and stuff. Or I say do, we... you de- do you demo vocals over the guitar nah. pro stuff? Or w- when do the vocals come in? Is that so just... I write them like right. on my own to the guitar pro stuff. So I've heard the midis probably like 50 times over by the time the guys yeah. hear them. So I sing over the top and then basically I just record the first session once we've got the song down as like a live demo. Yeah. Um, and then Joe goes away and, well, I'll let Joe talk you through his demoing process. So this is where it comes out of Guitar Pro, is it then? So yeah. He's been in Guitar Pro, you've been in the rehearsal room, Yeah. over to Joe, what happens next? Um, it it, it kind of depends on how much time we've got. Like, if we're sort of like right down to the wire, it tends to be like, I'll just set up some mics in the rehearsal room. And then we'll just kind of get like, or like in the past I've done it where we've done like proper outs from the um, from the desk and everything and got like a proper live multi-track. Um, other times I'll basically relearn all the parts and then program the drums and then demo over the top of the drums. It kind of depends on which way around on how much time we've got. Yeah. Some of the some of the more recent demos that we've worked on in lockdown have been literally me and me and Chris kind of after we've fleshed it out a little bit, sort of back and forth in. Um, like I just literally sat there with Chris on Zoom with him on his electric kit and him kind of telling me what he was playing and me just going through and putting in all the MIDI dots on uh, on Logic. Oh, you, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like you should definitely release some of that just in like a. <laughs> 
a B-sides and rarities thing. And it's and all at can... the back of OK Magazine on the last page. You have to text <laughs> like a three-digit code. <laughs> yeah. it, and it costs you a fiver, but you get... <laughs> yeah, you can have your B-sides and rarities. Here's all the guitar pro stuff. Here's the, uh, the painstakingly punched-in MIDI drumming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny yeah. to say that. We're, we're working on two tracks at the minute, and... Uh, as we finished the mastering process, I just sent the guys the original recording that I took on my phone because obviously there's been this massive gap where COVID's happened. So that process has been much longer than normal to get from start to finish. Yeah. So I was just like, we should just release this with it as a B-side, just like the original yeah. live phone recording. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it might, might go that way. I think it'd be pretty... You'd probably get some people that are like... It's the kind of thing that I can imagine like diehard fans of a band would be like listen to this and it's just and they're like yeah that's the demo that i took while i was sneaking in backstage and it's like oh, there's definitely there's gonna be a market for it i'm sure yeah like, i mean a lot of bands i think i was listening to the re-release of um welcome to the black parade and there's a bunch right. of like phone recordings on 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 that from like when they were writing i think it's a musician thing like if you play in a band and you've ever put your phone under like a cymbal bag or something in yeah. a rehearsal space, musicians are tuned in and they'll be like, that's a fucking good song. Like you can pick out everything yeah. and then you play it to someone. They're like, what the fuck is this? It just sounds like noise. Like, it's... So yeah. Maybe it's, yeah, it's just a musician thing. I think. Yeah. I think, I think the two things you find on a musician's phone in their voice notes are either that and like this super loud practice room recording or what I've got a lot of on my phone, which is where I've been out and about, and I'm like sat on a bus, and I'm like, oh, that's a good riff. Yep. Do, 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 do. And like just yeah. singing into my phone quietly, trying not yeah. to look like a crazy person. Uh, so many of them. And then do you like, because I always find like I've got so many, and I never go back for them. Yeah. Like a lot of them are like, I'll, it's just me whispering like a melody for about five <laughs> seconds and that's it like if someone got my phone they'd be like this guy's a fucking serial killer like, I'm sure <laughs> like, like i'm just whispering my hits like <laughs> anyway back yeah. to music and that's about me <laughs> that's about me being a killer so before we move on into the future of penelope tree if in fact so i was i've picked out three songs that i think everyone should listen to from you guys on the two EPs. Okay. Um, uh, so, I I mean, you you guys can give your opinion, but, you know, I would go for on... Don't be offended if I've not picked your favourite song, by the way, because... That's this right. is just <laughs> That's subjective. cool. So, off the senior career, I would go for The Way You Fall Asleep. Ooh. Because yeah. the... I think the first thing Luke ever showed me about Penelope Tree was that live video you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Session, yeah. And it's, yeah, it just stuck. So that's the one that I would go for. I, to, I mean, that's always what? been my favourite of the first EP. It's interesting. It? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's strange because Stanic and uh, Restless were the two that really sort of picked up traction. Yeah. And like, that's the ones that people sing along to. Um, but the way you fall asleep has always meant more to me as a song. About you, Joe? What's your favourite on that EP? Oh, my favourite on that EP. Um,. Do you know what? Mine might be the way you fall asleep as well. Uh, I think there's like the, that that song. Like it's kind of really where I got to play with sort of some cool guitar tones and stuff when we were in the studio. 
and quite a lot of it changed when we were in the studio and it just kind of came together and I think that's yeah that one's probably the one that always stuck out to me as yeah this song oh on a side note we once had to sit in a practice room for about an hour and a half me and Joe did absolutely nothing while Jamie you know the oh, I don't know if you know the second verse has got this bass riff where it's like boom 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 and while he's doing that Luke's doing like cymbal catches and has got okay. this like really fiddly drum bit so me and Joe just had to sit there for like an hour and a half or then to just try to lock this thing down and uh, yeah ever since then it's fond memories of that song yeah I think what helps that and it might go back to Luke showing me the live video, is if you hear it live, songs take on a completely different energy. Oh, so the fact sure. that I'd heard that live, when I heard it recorded, I was like, well, I like this song because I like it live. So I'm going to like it recorded. For sure. We've picked up so many more fans once they've heard us live. Um, especially with, uh, do you know Upstairs off the second EP? It's the one slow I, I, song we I, do. I, don't worry, because I was going to move on to that EP. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Great, that is it, no, that's a great segue. <laughs> so, at times we sat in silence, the first one I had on was Upstairs. Right. So because this... I, I do like a sad song, and that definitely ticks the boxes for sad song. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, that's um, I count how many people I've made cry live with songs. So we're at four at the minute. So, <laughs> that we know so, of. That we yeah, know of. That yeah. we know of, yeah. They've come up to us after and said, oh, I was in tears or I've had to leave the room and things like that. Um, it is a sad song. It was written for my cousin who sadly died when he was 24. Um, it, it was quite a while back and it was really strange because I was 16 at the time. And it's that age where you just don't, you haven't really encountered death yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was it was about all the things that you don't think about when someone dies. Like, you will never get another text from them and the advice they give you sort of means more and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and and the thing is as well, when it's in a family, especially something like a cousin, you find that everyone else is mourning and it, they're quite connected to it. Whereas if you're just like a teenage cousin, it's like, I need my own way to mourn outside of my family. We were friends. We were a similar age. Like he's a bit of a role model to me. Right. So that that's what that song's all about. And uh, yeah, I, I think it just connects really well. Massively. I always find as well, like, while songs often tell stories, they're like the more personal ones, especially so if the singer is responsible for writing the lyrics and the story means something to the singer, a hundred percent you can tell the authenticity when he's singing it. Yeah. Like oh, if for you sure. were singing a go through like run of the mill song about whatever, it will resonate with people but not in the same way. So I think for that's sure. probably why upstairs hits with people so yeah. much. Because, as you say, I mean, I didn't know the story behind it. I mean, you could take a guess, but, um, yeah, so it just, that one hits. And I had running laps as well. <laughs> yeah. So, running. yeah. That's, so that's like the completely other end of what we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a diverse EP. <laughs> so if, let's put it this way. So if you boys had to pick one song, so people have never heard Penelope Tree before. Right, each of you pick one song that you think. Right, if if I've got to sell Penelope Tree in a song, what am I giving them? So mine's normally um, like it was leaving. Okay, because I think that's kind of got the range of Penelope Tree in it. It's got the kind of fast, the fast-paced, sort of punchy bits, but then it's got a little bit of the softer side as well. 
Um, and a, so that a big sing along line at the beginning. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that tends to and that tends to be my my go to of okay. if I'm showing someone Penelope Tree. Nice, Glenn. Mine would be uh, Ghosts Have No Jurisdiction Here, which is the closer from that EP. Um, yeah. I would say if, if I could tell someone how to listen to us, I'd be like, go on Lyric Genius and get the lyrics up and just listen to that song. Because I think, I, I mean, personally, I pride myself on being a songwriter more than I do a musician or a singer. Right. Um, and that song for me was like all about that point when you leave home and your friends start to move on with their lives and you're not there to see it. And everything's sort of going on. You feel like you're going through the motions while you're missing everything. Yeah. Um, and there's there's lots of lyrics that I really like in that song. So I'd tell someone to listen to that and just read the lyrics along with it. I might do that. I mean, I've heard the song a lot, but I've never actually read the lyrics. So I might do that when we finish this up. But I'm glad that you mentioned the lyrics, though, because as a, 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 like a lyricist singer myself, I love the fact that you can put a set of lyrics in front of people and, like... No doubt somebody's going to find something written between the lines that you didn't intend to put there. And like people will dissect them because I do it and I'll go through and be like, he must be talking about this or this is what it means to me. And it's great that like you'll put it out there and this four minutes suddenly takes on like a whole new meaning to a hundred different people. Like that's absolutely like that's probably the most rewarding thing about putting music out. I find yeah, when people they'll come up and say, oh, this song meant this to me. It's like. It's not what I wrote it for, but that's great. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have found that because I mean, you you seem to be a lot more emotional than not. I mean, not as people, but as, <laughs> as musicians and and the the music you put out, it like it's a lot more emotionally driven than the stuff that Eric Drive put out. So I I guess that it's going to resonate on an emotional level with different people. I'm rambling here, but I think <laughs> maybe no, yeah. I think you got the gist of what I meant. Yeah, I think that's something we've always kind of prided ourselves on and, and really tried to stay true to is that kind of emotive catharsism yeah the sort of emotive catharsism and also the uh, relatability relatability is that a word i think like, enough to a word i know what you mean yeah, yeah like but people being able to relate to our songs and yeah i mean it's i mean we've had conversations what you were just saying there matt about the you know people reading your songs and then kind of going oh yeah this hit me because of this and you're sat there going, oh, that's not what I... Like, the amount of times me and Glenn have had that exact conversation, they'll be like, oh, yeah, this song really hit for this. And he's like, it's not what I wrote it for, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine. Whatever anyone wants to interpret it as, that's that's absolutely fine with me. I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, trying to get hooks in that sort of relate to a lot of things, like the I'm not sure if I'm worth saving at the start of, like, it was leaving. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of people have had a feeling that that could relate to, where you start to have yeah. that self-doubt and things like that. And then the rest of the time, we're all dick jokes and talking about God knows what, monsters and... Yeah, like, I, th- I think that's probably the same. Like, obviously you get the pop punk bands that are all dick jokes and whatever, even in their <laughs> songs, but then you'll get the bands, and I think Erica Driver, well, I'd like to think we're like that, like, you'll you'll talk to us and we'll be cracking jokes and dicking about whatever. And then you hear the songs and it's like, oh, they're sad. For sure. I think that's yeah. the scene. That is, that's yeah. what's special about this scene, though. Like, I, I've toured with enough people now to know that everyone's got this sort of facade <laughs> where yeah. everyone yeah. wants to be macho and like, oh, I'm in a band. I'm in a fucking band. And then yeah. they get on stage and they're like, 
But why? <laughs> why, did you, why did you leave? <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely. Like, du- I think during lockdown, I got so bored, I put out an eight-track EP of, like, the saddest songs I've ever written. Really? <laughs> like, why have I not heard I, this? <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a link to it. I put it out under my own name. It's not an Erica That's Drive funny. one. It right. is horrendously sad <laughs> like i put it on i've I made someone at work put it on and they're like i got like a track and a half in i was like i can't fucking listen to any more of that i was like i haven't heard from him cause... since yeah, is, is that is that because is that it's sad or because you think it's shit <laughs> but, so we were talking before you i don't know i can't remember whether you were in for this bit or not joe but it was definitely before we hit the record button we were talking about you boys at the ranch doing some new stuff so let's move away from the past eps and let's have a look at what's going to go on in the future so well i saw I'd, i mean i've got the name written down it's mouth that's mouth fuck me <laughs> i can't i'm literally i'm looking at the word and i can't say it yeah we've joined smash mouth the band yeah. <laughs> we we all do uh, that it's even really neatly written as well, and I've highlighted it. I was like, fuck's sake. <laughs> it's no wonder, like, I try and read out loud for my children, and it's like, I'll be, I'll, I'll read hard. I don't know what this has got to do with you joining Smash Mouse Records, but so I'll get halfway through a line and be like, I've messed that up. I'll have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah, when a three year old's better at reading than I am. So, <laughs> Smash Mouse Records got yes. it out of that time. Yes, absolutely. What, how did that come around? Because th- did that come around twenty twenty? Oh, oh, well, you're twenty twenty one at the minute, aren't we? So that yes. came around twenty twenty. No, that was twenty twenty one. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, that was. Yeah, how did um, that come about? That was so we kind of like it's a bit of a weird circle, like we because we were obviously really good friends with these five years who are Cardiff based. Yeah. Um, and Smash Mouse are Cardiff based as well, so we kind of were vaguely in the circle of people who were involved in Smash Mouse and we they sort of said that they were looking for bands and we sent them a sent them in a, in a in a message sort of saying yeah we're interested like can we have a chat and we sort of had a chat with them and it was it just kind of felt quite natural and the the sort of ethos of the label is very much kind of close to our hearts like the sort of the DIY community aspect like you know, yeah. it's not it's not all about everyone getting on top. It's all about helping each other and all about doing what you can for each for like our friends on the label, and that's something we've always yeah. tried to do within ourselves anyway. So, are they? I guess they're putting out the new EP. Are they? Well, you go ahead, you, if you're not allowed to talk <laughs> about it, don't talk about it. Uh, we can't just, talk I'm too a... much about it, but I mean, we we haven't even decided what we're going to release yet. I mean, we've recorded these songs okay. and we're uh, sort of just, well, we got the mixes back. We're going to release a single, I know okay. that, um, yeah. and possibly a second single. <laughs> so for anyone want... for anyone listening, there is new Penelope Tree on the way, is oh, what yes. we can reveal oh, yeah. that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And how how does this stuff, without giving away stuff you're not allowed to give away, how does this stuff compare to anything you've released previously? Oh, I think Ooh, it's that's a good... uh, next. It's... It... Oh, I'll let you go, Joe. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say, it's definitely it's definitely different um, because this is the first stuff we've recorded with Chris as well. 
So right. it's really good to get what we've experienced in the rehearsal room and out live yeah. onto a Penelope Tree record. Um, but yeah, it's it's you definitely it definitely will feel like a new chapter of Penelope Tree. I think. Yeah, it's. So it's I not... feel like I hit you with a bit of a bit of a curveball there. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't meant to stump you. I was just, like, I was just curious. I feel like we should have been more prepared for it than we are. But no, yeah. no, no. Because I like that. I like that. We'll, we'll get the off the cuff stuff, and then uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those where I think it, it shows growth that it's not. The, the strange thing is, obviously, we started recording it last March, as in March twenty twenty. Right. So we finished up in the studio the weekend before lockdown hadn't fully finished everything um as i mentioned to you before we started recording uh, me and chris went back in and did all the vocals this april so it's strange because it feels like we've sat on these tracks for almost two years if you start right back from the writing process um so these were the first things we worked on with chris the first things we worked on that was new after we released um at times we sat in silence so it's it's not too far away from that. Um, it, it's still linked, but it's definitely bigger. Um, yeah. And there's a bit more of an anthemic feel to them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it. So is there a, give me a tentative release year. I won't press you for anything more than that. Oh, it'll be this year. Oh, yeah. This year? <laughs> well, I say that. We always say <laughs> that three years, but it'll be this yes. year. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, right. I, I won't... I mean, we won't nail in on a date now because who knows? But so this year, that'll be the single this year or yes, the, the second single, single this year as well. Uh, we don't know that. We haven't even discussed that. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the first single will definitely be this year. And we will okay. obviously be posting everywhere on all the socials plug, and that. Plug the socials, Joe. Plug them. Plug them. Go on. Oh, God, what are they? Uh, yeah, no. We'll, At the... Penelope Tree UK. There you there go. That's it. Mate. Bang there we go. <laughs> I just had that moment where I was just like, yeah. I'm on the spot now. I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing oh. I've written down that I can read. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I set half of them up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm the same. Like, with uh, Shape Through Fate, I've got three different socials and I just give a link tree now. I'm like, I don't I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> it's either at Shape Through Fate or you're going to have to go and find it on other stuff. Just oh, search Shape Through Link Fate Tree. And find it. We yeah. had a really funny thing with Linktree where um, we hired a PR agency. I won't go into details about them, but essentially, after we were done with our run, somehow they managed to update the Linktree to a new band. So <laughs> I think I saw that. I, I, it, I clicked on your, um, at times you sat in silence. Like you just used the first letter of each. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I clicked on that and it was like some rapper guy or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so all of our socials were just sending people to this rap for like a month. Without you know, any of us noticing. I mean, I hope he's doing well, whatever is going on with him. <laughs> Good yeah. luck to him. I just don't understand. He must be either his name. His like stage name must be A T W S I S at Twisters, yeah. at Twist, or he's releasing an EP that's ripping your guy's name off. Yeah, I mean, so. I, fair. I, it might just be that they use the short link when they set oh, up the right, campaign, yeah. and then yeah. they just change that to their new campaign. And we haven't been smart enough to think, uh, after we finish that, we should probably check all the links that we're running through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I clicked it, because I was like, so 
when when I knew you boys were coming on, I was like, I'll go through it and I'll have a look at the socials. I'll try and prepare something. And I clicked on it. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this, this definitely is not the Penelope tree I was expecting. Like, they've had an absolute rebrand. And now they're just... <laughs> Dropping rap tracks. If, yeah. So, I mean, when this episode goes up, I mean, you boys have got till then to get it sorted. Otherwise, everyone's going to sit. I say everyone, like, there's millions of people listening. <laughs> oh, no, it's, listen fixed it's fixed now. It's fixed now. I've literally you just... I've You've li- just done it. Yeah. There we go. There no, 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 no. Done. As in, I've just gone on to it to double check that it's all right. Okay. And it is right. Good. Damage is right? control. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all sorted. Yeah, nice. definitely. Live on the sh- definitely not checking it. Live on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that two minutes was probably the most authentic way to experience what it's like being in Penelope Tree. <laughs> uh, it honestly nice. is. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. That's all right. It's just constant <laughs> panic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just constant low level of panic with occasional like peaks. <laughs> I'm going to ask a really singery question now. Oh, I think is singery a word? It is now. Yeah, you knew what I said. There's been a few times that's happened now. We're just making up words, but hopefully people know what we're talking about. So, do you find Glenn? So, Joe, do you do any? Because I know you do singing live. Do you do any singing on the the recordings? Um, I've done bits what? and pieces across some of them, but it's normally like. A random scream in the background or like gang vocals. Right. Well, feel free to chime in on this. So uh, as a vocalist, because obviously in, in the recording studio, when you record guitars and bass and that, like I get there's, there's certain nerves and whatever about doing it. But with a singer, obviously you've got to convey like the total emotion of the song. So yeah. do you have anything that you specifically do that gets you in that zone to give the best performance? Yes, and it's funny you should talk about this because this was one of the main reasons we went back and re-recorded the vocals for the new track that's just about to come out is because I I rushed them through because we were running out of time in the studio um, and just sang them. And it it just didn't sound like a Penelope Tree song. It sounded like some alt-rock song that you could just pick up anywhere. Um, And that was my main feedback for the mix. I was like, my performance just isn't there. Like, okay, it's all in tune and whatever. So when I went back in, I was like, look, I need to get some emotion out of this. Um, so I'm a big fan of doing things like trying to hit a lot of words without taking too many breaths. Okay. Because things like, so you'll hear it on the very first line of the new track. Um, as it goes on, you'll hear me start to run out of breath. And it's on purpose because it gives that sort of desperation to the words as you start to clench for the last few. Yeah, um, and you get that wobble that's very natural and sort of emotive. Things like that. I did that with ghosts as well when we recorded that. Um, so it, it's something I've tried a few times. It's quite good. Um, I don't have anything that's sort of like getting a headspace of being really sad. Like, I don't sit there and think about dying kittens or whatever. But <laughs> I think there's techniques <laughs> that sort of get you into the song. Okay, that's cool. I've, I mean, I've never heard. I mean, I, I assume everyone does it differently. Like my for me, if I do any more than like three words at a time because of my like laziness, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, like it, so it's it's cool that that's how you do it though. I, yeah, I, I like that. It doesn't always work. Like, um, there are there are times, especially with the more shouty, screamy, high octave stuff, it it just doesn't sit right. Um, yeah. But there's there's times. Um, I'm trying to think. 
of one of the lines in Ghosts. It's at the end of the second verse. And I can... Joe, what's the palm you bit for the second chorus of Ghosts? Jesus. Oh, I can't remember. Joe, while you think about that, so the reason the reason I'm asking from a like a singer's point of view because obviously the three of us play guitar, we've recorded guitar, and it's always that if you hit a bum note on the guitar, you're like, ah, fuck, whatever. If you go into the vocal booth and your your voice is like isolated, so it's pretty much all people can hear, and you squeak or you make a funny noise or something. It's so like, I've got nowhere to hide now. I can't, like, everyone Mm. has heard, like, even though your band have heard you do crappy demos, they've heard you do countless takes at practice, and they've heard the the good and the bad, there's still that, like, almost like, I don't, don't judge me. (laughs) Please don't judge me. And that's why I wanted, like, that's why I want, it's interesting to see how other singers deal with it, because I'm very, like, almost reserved so i won't push myself that little bit extra because i'm i'm almost worried that the f- the three guys in the room that have heard me squeak and voices broken and whatever i'm worried that if people hear it they'll think i'm not very good uh, I, I i get what you're saying i mean i think i had that the first time we recorded but i've got to give props to the guys because um i think myself as well we're really good at encouraging recording yeah. no matter what it is um, we're all sort of give each other props and the amount of times Joe's I've come out and Joe's said to me, for example, oh, that was a great take. Well done, man. You should have heard it from where we were sitting, things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. which really gives you encouragement where I feel that more, um, is when we're recording videos and okay, you, yep. and you have to do that sort of performance where obviously everything else is pretty much mimed or like you're playing a guitar that's not plugged in, but to make sure you get your lip syncing and writing things, if you want to put that performance out, you really got to go for it and just sing. So, like, while this camera's going around you, like, uh, the video, like, it was leaving for we're all just sat in a massive circle in a room. So I'm sat in this room with 12 people all around me who vaguely know me, um, who are just sitting there completely normally while I'm just sat on this chair staring at the camera, looking, trying to look as emotionally distraught as possible. Just shouting things like, I'm not sure if I'm worth saving. And like, I just got to the end of this take and was like, man, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Like, I love it and hate it about being the singer is like your like awkwardness or like your. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, if you make a mistake, you've got nowhere to hide. <laughs> like, <laughs> live, if you forget the words or something, you're like, bugger. Like, on the guitar, you can bum a note and just be like, oh, I'm yeah. out of tune. I must be out of tune. But, like, yeah. Yeah. How are we going on that song, Joe? You got it. Yeah. Was it which was it the um, the old school friends line? No. <laughs> oh, God. I haven't got it. I, I, yeah, I, was gonna, I haven't got any more further uh, conversation there. Hold was on. It... I'm thinking of the wrong song. It's like it was leaving in the second uh, verse where it stopped. You have to pitch a frame bit. No, the bit stops, and I'm the only one speaking. And I say, "Oh God, this is going to bug me." <laughs> and I'll, oh, that's it. It's and I'll forget you. And then I say the words, or at least I'll try to. And I made sure the take that was used was a follow-on from the previous line. Okay. So I've got this whole bit where it's like, "And I'll forget you, or at least I'll try." 
to and you can hear me like clutching for the last few okay. breaths. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it gives I it suppose, that sort yeah. Of... Yeah, so then if you went and did that as like a, a take on just uh or at least I'll try to, it would have sounded exactly unnatural almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think that's one of the things that I'm a bit of a stickler for. Is, I like it. I like the fact you put that much authenticity into it. Because me being because I'm a perfectionist, so I would have gone in and said I need to redo one word. Like I'm, I'm such a perfectionist. Is it like for that? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it might not sound talking to me now because I, I can't even fucking read. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, you wait. I'll go back over and you'll be like, I'm sure he messed that up, and it will be like perfect because I'll go back and edit it. But um, yeah, so I like the fact you put that much authenticity into it. Like, or even just the thought to put that much authenticity into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean. Like, Working with Ian um, down in Whitstable, I think he's really good at trying to understand what you're getting out of the process and what you want to achieve with the songs. Right. Um, and I don't think I'd be as good at things like that if he hadn't sort of coached us through the first recording session and where to make changes. So yeah, like, yeah. even like the way things are phrased or changing words and things like that, he's great at chiming in. Um, Neil was the same in the ranch. Um, okay, we yeah. we we were tighter on time for that, um, and it was two EPs later. But the point remains the same. I think you learn from the people you work with over time, and that's just one of the things I've picked up. Yeah, we worked with Neil on our first EP, and like from a, again from a singer's point of view, he's he's so good at getting it out of you. Yeah, like he's he's just got the way about him that he's he's really good at pulling the best out of you yeah um yeah, yeah yeah so that's the singer question out of the way did you want to add anything <laughs> to that joe or do um, you think glenn i think glenn nailed i think glenn pretty much nailed it, it. <laughs> yeah don't you cut that out it. leave yeah, that yeah, in yeah. <laughs> yeah you just stand in the room and shout joe it's fine uh, pretty much <laughs> if you want to hear joe's fine vocal samplings you can hear them on a night like this yeah right at the uh, start the... No, it's at the um, it's in the middle. Whip, it's in the bridge. No, it's not. Oh yes, you can in the. I was talking about the uh, the the screen you do right at the start. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So like, m- like most of the screams that we have actually on record are normally like um, like in a night like this um, are all me normally, if nothing else, to save Glenn's voice when we're in the studio. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, go listen out for that. Um, I think as far as so you've got the the single coming out gig plans or are we waiting to see how everything opens yeah. up before we we get into gigs? It's it's a weird one because we, I mean I, we're all itching to get back on stage like right like once or twice a week we'll be like talking in our band chat and be like I just want to do stuff, <laughs> um, and I think we're wary of booking too much. Yeah. And then being let down because it's been such an up and down, up and down year. It's, you know, we don't want to book something in and then have to cancel it last minute. Yeah, we sort yeah. of want other bands to test the water first. So if uh, we're really keen on everyone else to book gigs and we'll follow behind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Glenn, have you seen the Chelsea score? Uh, I haven't. I've, I should have notifications coming off my phone. I know there was a goal disallowed. I I haven't seen. It. I'm just asking because I know you said you'd miss it. Right. It's nil, kick off. It's eight. nil nil half time. Okay. 
we're good. Yeah, it's a, it's a music podcast. First thing we talked about was football. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I could have kept that going for a good two hours if you hadn't stopped me. <laughs> we'll, it's all right. We'll, we'll do another one. We'll do a football one. I'm planning on launching a, a like a non-music Wednesday show. So fantastic, excellent. I got um, a guy coming on it who's an avid Spurs fan, so that will be fun. Oh, I'll we join can, with him. We can talk about all the, tra- <laughs> all the stuff they've won. So, I mean, unless you guys have got anything else to plug, I've got my uh, my end of chat questions. Uh, I'm really plugging? excited to be asked about the toilet. So, Oh, shit, yeah. See, <laughs> I got Texas. No, because this wasn't a question I was going to... Oh, hang on, me Craig's gone. Two seconds. Let me get him back. Yeah, so uh, for any, I've, I've started again now, just in case. <laughs> so, yeah, my uh, recording bot. So that's half of the times I've used him. He's broken now, so thanks Ooh. for making me use Discord, Josh. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, uh, as I was saying about the toilets, I, I released uh, an episode today that didn't mention the toilets. And Frank, the guitar player in Erica Drive, messaged me and he's like, I'm gutted you didn't ask about the toilets. I was like, I didn't realise that was a thing. Like, uh, so. I'll be completely honest, I've only heard the first episode and that was my favourite part. <laughs> so, here we go then. <laughs> Joe, as your oldest, you can answer yep. first. What is the most grim venue toilet you have had to use? Oh... I don't think it's naming and shaming because you're not calling... Like, the venue might be amazing, but I'm just on about the toilets. What's the worst Ooh. venue toilet you've ever had to use? I think it might be... Or have been. It's not there anymore, sadly. Um, the Sanctuary in Basingstoke, which is a great venue, and I've played, I played there in this band and in my old band and had great times there. But the toilets, like, I think they just hit that level... That they could never get any better. <laughs> that was Frank's favourite. That was his. That's exactly what Frank said. The sanctuary. <laughs> Gone and Glenn hits with yours. Oh, mine's mine's a bit of an experience as well as the toilet itself, and it's the dragonfly okay. in Pontypool in Wales. <laughs> yeah, South yep. Wales. Yeah. Because so we'd been on a three-day tour in Wales, and I'm I'm what would you would call an unconfident pooper. And okay. uh, I like to be in a comfortable environment. Yeah. Do you <laughs> the, like a door? So sorry, sorry to interrupt you on the, that's the, right. the, the toilet. Seat. Do you like a door that is a full door? Like, yes. I like if, I, if I'm going to go, I like a room. So I feel like I'm I don't want where you can see feet or like I like a full door and preferably solid walls. I'm not a fan of like a tiny little piece of wood between me and the other guy. <laughs> yeah, just, no, I. I I just find that fucking weird. You know, when you've got the gaps in the door, it's like, w- w- yeah, what is that about? Yeah, when if you've already got, like, public toilet anxiety, the last thing you want to see is a guy's feet, like, <laughs> two foot away from you. Like, yeah, anyway, but, yeah, so, so carry on then, mate. You're in Pontypool. You've got, you're at the Dragonfly. Yeah, you've yeah, got it's the, um, slight poo anxiety going on. Yeah, yeah. So I have this thing where I have to use toilet wipes. Like... That's not even relevant to the story. I don't know why he told you that. But anyway, so so the, the toilet of the dragonfly is like, it sticks out from the building, out into the main car park and the smoking area, right? I'm so, trying to, so, we went there once. I'm trying to picture what it was. Like, I was pretty drunk when I was there. I'm trying to think what it was. 
Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So, you go in the car park, it's around, the entrance is around the side. You have to out the venue and in another little door to go into this one single toilet, right? <laughs> so not only am I, like, absolutely, like, what I'll call turtle head in it, in line for this show, I've run to the car, I've grabbed my toilet wipes, I'm sneaking them through, because I'm going through where everyone's smoking, I've got these toilet wipes hidden under my shirt, because I don't want to look like that weirdo that's bringing his own, like, bum wipes to the venue. <laughs> so I go, <laughs> I, I go into this toilet, and I'm like, oh, this is, it's, it's pretty, it doesn't look like it's been clean. And the first thing I do is look up, and I'm like, ah, oh, I can smell smoke, because the smoking area is there. So I, I sit down, and suddenly I'm like, I can hear every word of everyone's conversation in the smoking area. I'm like, they're all just going to hear me shit. <laughs> and then and then I've got to open a door and just walk out into all of them with as much gusto as possible. I was like, I don't think I can. So I literally sat there and like was training myself to squeeze it out bit by bit. So it wouldn't make any noise. I wouldn't squeak. <laughs> And it's horrendous. It stuck with me. So when you did the podcast and you noticed that, it brought back vivid memories. <laughs> <laughs> quite PTSD of having a PTSD <laughs> of having a poo at the dragonfly. Lovely. Uh, I'm uh, glad it. I'm glad it brought that emotion in you, mate. To be honest, I'm glad. It, yeah, I'm glad it resonated with you that. on that level. They need to rethink placement and not open windows. <laughs> I'm glad it brought out that. Uh, it resonated. Try it not to it. squeak. See, <laughs> That's part of the reason. Like, I, I mean, I know I said to you guys, I'm not really taking this podcast seriously. I didn't think it would descend into discussing pooing. Like, I, we're not even. I've put out three episodes, and we're like on at least half of the episodes that I've done. It's descended into poo. Which... Well, I like to class these as the emotional trauma things that even these bands won't cover. These are yeah, the traumas you point. face that won't end up in songs. <laughs> or maybe, or if they are, or if they are, they're going to be so hidden in like <laughs> layers of metaphor that you won't even know. So that I think has been a completely different spin to that. I'm not sure if I'm worth saving line. If you're asking me, <laughs> but that's fine. That's for, that's for another time, isn't it? Really, <laughs> I wonder what the next single is going to be about. It's coming out soon this year. <laughs> anyway, so let's uh, let's move on from poo. So, again, we'll go in the uh, the eldest first answering the question, because I'll be honest, I've only ever spoken to one person at a time, so having two of you at a time, is uh, that's definitely not a conversation we're going to have. Um, yeah, <laughs> I went off on a ramble then. I did, no, I, I've, only ever, I've only ever, like, a one-to-one conversation. I've never yeah. had a three, yeah, never mind. I was going to so, try and just leave that silent, so it just hung on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, dear. So... I've lost my trailer thought and I can't read. Top five bands. So they don't have to be your favourite five bands because I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me, but I don't see music as a competition, so it's really hard to say what's the best and what's not because who are we to judge? If you like it, you like it. So I've come to you. You've got to give me five bands that you think, yeah, I'm I'm digging these at the minute. Joe, you're up. Oh, right now. um, I've got to go for Youngblood. Okay. Um, this isn't really... I'm counting it as a band. Um, I, uh, bands or artists, whatever okay. you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Music. Music. Your top five musics. 
Millie Manders in the Shut Up. I'm spinning loads at the moment. Okay. Um, their album's really fucking good. Um, the One D Years are always always on my playlist. Solid choice. Have you got a favourite song from the One D Years? Uh, mine is uh, Local Man Ruins Everything. Okay. Um, that's that will forever be. Um, what else have I been into recently? Um, I've got a two-year break. I've been listening to them quite a lot. They've just finished recording their album, and I'm very excited about it. Nice. And last one? Last one's Holding Absence, because their new album okay. is insanely good. Nice. Glenn, you've had a bit of time to think about yours now, so uh, this has got to be seamless, like, pre-planned. Banging you know, out. your uh, five? Um, well, the One Ds will always be my favourite band, so okay. I'll check them out first. I, mean, I asked um, Joe, so what's your favourite One Ds song? Uh, probably Cigarettes and Saints. Okay. So, See, I don't know. I don't know whether, because I mean, I like that album. I like Cardinals, but Pyramids of Salt for some reason is mine. I don't know why. Oh, it's I, a great album. Great song. I have such mixed feelings about this album. Love the songs, just don't like the production. Yeah, because I think, like, I was really late to the Wonder Years party. It was Frank that turned me on to the Wonder Years. So the whole, um, I can't even remember what the album was called, but it had There, There on. It was that album. And I was late to that party. Possibly. I was late to that party, so I joined a bit. The Greatest Generation. That one. Oh, that was there. Yeah, and I joined the Wonder Years party after that had come out, so I was playing catch up. Oh, and then yeah. I got Sister Cities is the real like first one that I was like, oh, I've actually got here while they've released something. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, so, it's, it's a great album. Salt for me. I just, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the uh, production on it. I mean, I was with the One Years back on the Upsides. Yeah. First time, first time I saw them was Crank Tour 2007, and it just blew my mind. <laughs> See, I, I don't know if you've watched it. But I'm doing these little band of the week things, and I put you guys on it this week, oh, and <laughs> I refer to you as the British Wonder Years. I didn't know that you were a fan of the Wonder Years, so uh, that's that's amazing. Yeah. When I put it up, I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment. Like, I see it as a compliment, but I think people oh. might think that I'm being like discrediting your originality. But it's like, no, fuck that. Glenn will be riding that coattail for weeks. Oh yeah. In the lot, if you do PR. You can put the British Wonder Years, Matt Underdown, <laughs> Shake Through Fate as like a little review, a press clipping. That's going yeah, in there. I'm putting that on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're st- sorry, I hijacked you, yeah. So we're st- I'm just giving you more time to think. So, uh, second brand, the Wonder Years. Microwave. Do you know Microwave? Uh, I am rubbish with music, so no. Okay, check them out. They will be one of your new favorite bands. Um, okay. They're, they're quite like they're a bit more alt rocky, but lyrically and in terms of the ver- variety of their songs, they're sensational. Um, I think at the moment, Manchester Orchestra are just doing such good things. Um, okay. So, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to their stuff at all, they've been going quite a while. Um, I mean, if I was to tell you one of my favourite bands is Falling in Reverse, you can probably guess (laughs) that no is the answer to most of the bands that you're saying right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even ashamed of it. I'm a Nickelback fan. I I literally have the shittest taste in music ever. So, 
I, I mean, nothing wrong no, with I haven't heard Manchester Orchestra. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, well, not, you, you need to, because okay. I honestly believe they are one of the best, like, uh, I can't remember the name of the main guy, Matt something, um, but he's genuinely one of the best songwriters of our generation. And they do everything from a bit of folk stuff, like a lot of their stuff is really emo-y, and okay. they're great. Um, and they wrote two songs to the new Tiger's Jaw album as well. Okay. So, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. The the guy that's featuring on the Tiger's Jaw album, that's him. That's the singer. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, I think the problem with me and bands is I get so stuck. I'm stuck in 2004. So any <laughs> band or like artist that I liked... I've stuck with, but all the news, I'm missing out on so much good music because I'm so set in my ways. Like, I would yeah. rather go and listen to something I know I'm going to enjoy yeah. than risk listening to something that I'll turn off after two songs. But I mean, East, I, I know that's a flaw of mine, but whatever. I, but I will listen <laughs> to these bands. I'll, I'll put them on a playlist and at work tomorrow, I will listen to them. So. You should, man. They, they, I have a great taste in music. You should. <laughs> he actually does. I've got to give that to him. I uh, like people follow my playlist. <laughs> I'm influential. I'm big, big. You in the, message uh... me your playlist, and I'll, I'll put that on instead. Oh, so okay. When we get off That's this, you... yeah. So what? That was three, three, three or four, three, uh, yeah, four, three. Um, I'll I'll drop an old one in there. Fallout Boy. I d- I don't think Fallout Boy will ever go away. They're an incredible nice. band. Um, even if they do sell out a little bit from time to time. <laughs> um. <laughs> And oh, I'll pick one from the scene. I will go with Lion Estates, who are a band from up north, and I really should say where they're from. Well, technically, they're from Lion Estates, which is the place that they're named after. Um, but they're really chill guys. They were, I think, the last band we toured with before everything shut down. Um, and they've got some absolutely banging tracks. Listen to a song called Venom by them. It's incredible. Yeah. They also put up with us having like the most horrific luck on tour as well, and they were <laughs> the nicest dudes about it. Do you want to go into that? What's uh, I mean, that, that's oh, a great this story. story. Was this the 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 car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think we tell this story at at the moment on everything we go on, but it never gets old. It's um, we decided to like borrow my brother's car um because it was a bit bigger than my car. Right. Um, when we were going on tour with Lion Estates and got us up to York, absolutely fine. Got us down to Corby, absolutely fine. Drove us from where we were staying in Corby to go to lunch, absolutely fine. We got in it after lunch and it was just like chugging along, like wouldn't go above about 15 miles an hour. And I was panicking because it was my brother's car and I was just like, what have I done to this car? And like really on edge. And... We sort of managed to get it to where we were going, got it to the venue and everything. Because I was like, right, we get it to the venue. I can call the I can call the RAC. Then <laughs> it'll be fine. You know, by the time we by the time we've played, they'll be here. It's fine. So I called the RAC. They were like, yeah, we'll be there by this time. I was then playing the show with like my phone on top of my amp in case they called. <laughs> and like. And again, this is where Lion Estates dudes were so nice about it as well, because they were just like, man, just give us one of your car keys, and if they call, we'll go and deal with it while you're playing, which was like right, super right, nice yeah, of them. Yeah. But then we, uh, I got, we did, like, they didn't turn up anyway. We got back in the car. I went, I took it for a little drive around the block. I was like, it's fine. 
I don't know what's. It must have just been a blip. It's fine. Let's get in. Go home. I hadn't eaten in about sort of twelve hours at this point because I've been so nervous and worked up. And like, so I was pretty hungry. So I was like, I just want to stop and get some food on before we finish the drive home. Stopped and got some food. Got back in the car. Back to chugging along. I was like, oh god. So we called this. We called the RAC again. They were like, oh, it's going to be about four hours. For like, so we were like, all right, let's let's bed down for the night, guys. Let's so bed we're down. In, we're in Riverside, um, shopping district in Northampton at this point, yeah. which I should mention is about twenty-five minutes away from my parents' house. So I was quite happy to say, well, we'll leave the car here and we can all go stay at my parents. Um, but they were like, oh, it's four hours. We can we can sleep off four hours. Yeah, and then that four hours passes. Um, then we get another phone call thinking it's, we all sort of stir awake thinking, ah, it's going to be, it's going to be them. They're going to be here. No, no, it's going to be another four hours. It's it's currently like three o'clock in the morning and we played this show. So we're all drenched in sweat. It's Halloween. Yeah. So like I, for example, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt drenched in sweat in this car (laughs) in the middle of October. (laughs) Chris, Chris is fine. Chris has got this thing where, like, whenever he gets in the back of a car, he pulls out a blanket and a pillow from somewhere, and is like cozy as anything. Like, uh, the, yeah, like, I mean, I wasn't awake for this, but I mean, I I snore quite badly anyway. Um, so that so Paul, Glenn, and Jamie, who aren't particularly heavy sleepers, sort of got me snoring a little bit. I say a little bit, probably quite a lot. <laughs> And then at about four in the morning, the Pizza Hut burglar alarm starts going off, blaring out across the car park. We were parked about 20 yards away from it. (laughs) Yeah. So Glenn and Jamie ended up just basically going and sitting in the McDonald's drinking hot chocolate all night. This is how sad it was. We had to sit outside and wait for them to open for breakfast because they didn't open until six. So we were sat outside like half five, like, why is no one coming to open this McDonald's? (laughs) I can imagine the people that were probably like showing up for the morning shift were like, wow, these guys are desperate. Yeah. But like, no one one ever queues for a McDonald's. No. Well, let's put it this way. We saw the first shift changeover. As in, (laughs) Jamie were in there so long that the people that came and opened up did the first bit of breakfast, left. And then the like lunchtime staff came in. So we no one asks go- you like, look, what's your story, mate? You've been here for like three and a half hours. You, be- no one sits in a McDonald's for three and a half hours, like four hours. Like, <laughs> no, are you are you all right? <laughs> no, because I think they'd seen us drink about six cups of coffee each, and like yeah. we we were getting to the point where me and Jamie had sat there in so much boredom that we planned a feasible way for us to take over McDonald's and uh, like all these we'd like start planning what we would do to rob the place and like. <laughs> It was getting sketchy, but we were so tired. You know, what I mean? yeah. point. Yeah, I, we and then when <laughs> when the when the van finally turned up, we were like, "Okay, cool, right, let's go. We got this. We got this." It's about eleven o'clock in the morning at this point. Yeah, they so took us the, like what about twenty minutes down the M1. Yeah, to the next services, and they were like, "Oh, this is the end of my jurisdiction. Someone will be here to pick you up." which of course they weren't. So we're then sat in a different services having exactly the same issue. I'm on the phone to RAC reading them the riot act, trying to get them to <laughs> come and get us. They eventually send someone in this van and he's like, oh, just the two of you, yeah? It's me and Glenn walk up. And then Chris and 
Jamie appear and we were like, no, it's them two as well. And they were like, oh, I can't take four of you. They've sent the wrong van. I was like, great. It's now been like 13 hours since we left the show. This sucks. And then in the yeah. end, I I basically like was in the middle of this service station car park having a mental break, screaming at RAC. <laughs> <laughs> and then they eventually went, well, I'll tell you what, we'll send a taxi. So I, I made them send a taxi big enough for all the gear. And we just basically had to abandon the car in this service station. With all the gear in. Yeah, with what we couldn't like, because it couldn't fit everything in. So we took like the guitars and that was kind of it. Yeah. So and then it took well, 16 and a half hours to get from breaking down to Joe's house. Yeah. For us, for us to then all get driven home. Yeah. And we were supposed to be playing Southampton that night. And we were just like, this is that rare time where we say we can't do it. Like, none of us have slept. We all yeah. feel like absolute dog crap. Like, <laughs> uh, Honestly, I, th- I think I was the only one. I was like, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Let's do this. Let's do this show. Let's do this show. And all the guys were just like, nah, man, like, we're, we're dead. And I, I couldn't have sung. I, I, so, I know I couldn't. I, well, the thing is, because I'd bought everyone home, I'd, like, I'd bought everyone to my parents where we'd, where we'd picked up the car. I, went, I like dropped everyone home and I walked in the in the door and my my housemate at the time, bless his heart, he went, I'm going to order you dinner. I'm going to order you a pizza. You've had a night. I'm going to order you pizza. And in the time from when he ordered my pizza to like turning around and going, right, that's ordered, mate. I was asleep. And then I woke up, ate my pizza and just went to bed. I was like, nice. I, I, I woke up at like one o'clock in the morning and went, yeah, I could not have played that show. <laughs> Yeah, right. It would have been one of them where you get to the show, like you you've finished sound check and you're like, We shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Uh... yeah, the drive home afterwards would have been awful too. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You you, you made it, you made it. Yeah, we survived. How's the car now? Is the car all right? Oh, we got it? rid of that car. Uh, okay. so he's on to a different one now. For that exact reason, was he like, no, nah, I'm not trusting it. No, it got fixed. It got fixed, and then something else broke on it, and I was just like, right. it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah, right. <laughs> cool, so moving on to this one then. So you've each got, I'm doing a, a shape three flight. I can't f- <laughs> I can't, I can't even say a name that I came up with. I can't even say it. I'm doing a shaped. I'm just gonna have to talk a bit slower. I think. Should we start again? Shaped, yeah, I'm doing a shape through fate playlist. So everyone that I have a chat to, they can add one song. Okay? So this is like a. It it can be any genre, anything. But if you're gonna listen to the pod, uh, the podcast, you listen to the podcast. If you're gonna listen to this playlist, the rules are you can put it on shuffle, but you can't skip anything. Okay, so eventually, Ooh. depending on how many guests I have, we will have like a massive eclectic mix of songs. So this is imagine you've got the world's ears for four or five minutes. You can go right. This is the one song you have to listen to. So one song each, Joe. What are you added? Oh, oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, yes. I would have, because when Glenn asked me earlier, he's like, do, you, do we need to prepare anything? I was thinking, I could give my heads up about this, but then I thought, no, I won't. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame I could you at tell all. you, I'm going to ask you five bands, so make sure you've got something ready, you know, get your social links ready, get <laughs> get the song ready, but no. So, Joe, what are you having? Um, what are you serving us up? Uh, do you know what? It's not even going to be a band that was on my top five either. 
but That's probably right. one of my favourite songs of all time is Misery by Creeper. Very good song. Yeah, yeah good I think song. that's going to be mine. That is a very good song. Have you heard any of the Salem stuff while we're talking about Creeper? Have you heard Salem? Uh, yeah, I really like the Salem stuff. It is very good. It's kind of like old school Creeper. Like, yeah. It's kind of like that punk ethos Creeper that, that they've kind of moved away from a little bit with the latest stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I dig it. <laughs> is that the stuff they released this week? Yes. Yeah, like they put out an EP, maybe the first, first or second lockdown, and they've just released yeah. a new one. Like off the, there's a song called Throat on the first EP that's really good. Uh, just it just yeah, it's just yeah. it's kind of like all the old stuff of like yeah, the sort punk of high punk. energy punk, like kind of like punks punk vibes that were coming through in the original Creeper records. Yeah, and yeah, Will's just kind of good. taken that kind of feel and like put a different spin on it, which I really like. Yeah, it is good. I'm glad you said Creeper because now we can have some Creeper on the list. Glenn, what are you adding? <laughs> um, I'll go for my favourite song of all time, which isn't really a pop-punk song, so I'm going way out there. Um, it's a song called Sometime Around Midnight by the Airborne Toxic event. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those you just want to listen to in a dark room, and it, it tells a story. It's just a very... What was the band's name? I'm trying to write this down. Here, so that is a, a long, a long title and band name combo. There. The, Sometime around midnight. The, that's the song. That's spelled T H E. Yeah, got that. <laughs> My three-year-old taught me that one yesterday. As well. Excellent. Um, airborne. A I R B O R N E. Yeah, that's that's enough for me to find it on Spotify. So we'll leave to- it there. Toxic event. There you go. <laughs> what, what is it about that song then? Um, it's it's like there's no chorus to this song, so it's a five minute song that's like got some really good instrumentation. The lyrics are really good, um, and it tells a story about this guy who first runs into his ex girlfriend on a night out after they've broken up, okay. um, and just what it's like to sort of have everything flood back at you at once when you're in a sort of environment where you're not supposed to be feeling really depressed. You're supposed to be out with your mates and things like that. Um, and I first heard this song when I was about 14, and I genuinely think it influenced so much of my songwriting. So That's it's cool. just a great song. And if you listen to it in the dark with headphones on, it's just it's just incredible. Are we, are we crying and... in the dark? It's, it's, it's a bit of everything. It's, uh, okay. it's uplifting. It's, it's like one of those, uh, you know, like those teen feel-good movies where they give you yeah. that sort of like... It's a roller coaster. You're going on a musical yeah. roller coaster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got that sort of emotive, like, okay. oh, there's something that just touches me there. <laughs> no, let's reword that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going in the dark with my headphones on, and now someone's touching me. No thanks. <laughs> it's like a, that's like an escape room. I definitely don't want to be a part of. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that will go on the playlist. We'll um, we'll 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 pull you out of that little hole that you were digging there glenn um, <laughs> thank you thank you so, okay la- last question and i mean this is one that apparently i've borrowed the idea from somewhere and put a really like sick twist on it i say a sick twist it's not a bad so for whatever reason both of you are finding yourselves up for the uh capital punishment i don't know what you've done i don't know why you did it but whatever england's brought it back and you two are up for the chop the night before you're getting it. You are given your last meal, right? You're allowed starter, main, dessert, and a drink. Drink, you can have one alcoholic, one non-alcoholic. So you get two drinks. What are you having? Ooh. 
That's I was waiting for the one. sick twist. What's the twist? <laughs> See, no, because uh, so apparently there's a <laughs> podcast that does it where you pick your dream meal. And yeah, I'm giving people, yeah. oh, you're fucking Last dying meal. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, you're off, dying off. tomorrow. You're being murdered tomorrow. Yeah, you're. Yeah. Uh, it might be, yeah. But I've never listened to that, so I can't really say uh. it. I've, I've, I've in, inadvertently borrowed it from somewhere. But <laughs> I then said, well, you're having your last meal, so this is what you're going out with oh in your stomach. God. So, Glenn, again, you've got time to... In fact, no, Glenn, do you want to no, go first? No, Joe's got time for this one. This is, no? this is more important than anything you've asked me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go on then, Joe. What are you okay, so... I think this one, weirdly, is, like, not even that difficult for me. So, the starter, I'm having, like, garlic breaded mushrooms. Okay. Oh, man, my, my, uh, my main is kind of bland, I, I guess, but is the thing that I default to if I don't know what I'm going to eat, and it is probably my favourite food, which is uh, Domino's margarita pizza. Do I get the okay. dip with it? Yeah. yeah. So the only like limitation I've put on this is you have to be able to eat in a sitting. So if you ordered fifteen Dominoes, like, <laughs> like, oh, the, yeah. it's it's not an unlimited budget here. Like yeah. you've got to be able to eat it because whatever you don't eat, I'm going to charge you. Okay, so, fair. Yeah, you can have the dip. I'll oh, allow yeah. you the dip. So you yeah. can have two dips. Have two yeah. dips. It's, it's your oh, last wild. night. Go out with a bang, mate. Have a just, have a, yeah, yeah. Have a good time. Just going out, just going out in a happy dippy place. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna need time, not a long time, mate. Pizza. So get your dip. <laughs> but no, I can I can demolish that. Um, okay. And then I reckon dessert is a hard one because I'm not a massive dessert person. But I think it's gonna have to be like chocolate fudge cake. Like a chocolate fudge brownie, like some kind of chocolate right. fudgy cake, um, okay. with a side of vanilla ice cream, and then again, my I mean my 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 non-alcoholic drink of choice is going to be a diet coke because I inhale the stuff. Okay. And my alcoholic drink it has changed recently. Actually, now it'd probably be a Beaver Town Neck Oil beer. Okay. I've no <laughs> idea what that is, but. It's Not a craft beer. This, <laughs> it's a good. It's a very good craft beer, in my opinion. Uh, I'm I'm on the like the Dorset Somerset border, so it's just. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, fair enough. That's all we have. Just cider. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I know my my, my missus lives in London, so I go to a lot okay. of like craft breweries and stuff yeah. like that with her. Yeah. Ten pound for a pint. That's all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Classic. Cheers, London. <laughs> <laughs> my missus lives in London. I go out a lot. Yeah. Domino's is my last meal. <laughs> Listen here, you little shit. Hey, this isn't a place where we judge people, okay? It's not your last meal. You're about to tell us what that is. So here we go. That means whatever you say now has to be bulletproof because Joe's got a free hit on you now. Well, I've had some time to think about mine, so that's okay. all right. Right, so... What are you having then? Okay, for my starter, I'm having um, a harvester salad bowl. And you go to the harvester. Yeah. You get that little selection and you inevitably just put loads of pasta on lettuce. <laughs> yeah, and top and, it with an unlimited sauce. amount of bacon bits. Yes, yeah, and yep. they have a sauce called Red Devil Sauce, which okay. I swear down is the best sauce in existence. I've tried to make it. I can't do it. I don't know what's in it. I've even asked a chef to look at it for me, <laughs> and he can't figure it out. <laughs> you can't buy this sauce? Okay. I can't find any suppliers that supply this sauce. <laughs> somewhere there is Red yeah. Devil Sauce that goes to the harvester. 
Right. Um, if anyone just... does know, if if anyone listening to this happens to know, then email me and I will pass on the recipe to Glenn. Yeah. For a price. That would, that would be amazing. And <laughs> I'll hold it ransom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll pay. Either that or I'll just give you, I'll give you like, if there's 10 ingredients, I'll give you eight of them. <laughs> that's that's cruel. Uh, have we not yeah. covered my emotional distraught nature? <laughs> yeah, but think of the songs you'd get out of that. Or, uh, or I'd be like, right, there's eight ingredients. The dragonfly toilet's open and the, the smoking area's full. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other two are on the other side. Saw seven and coming to a cinema near you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, right, so main, main then. Yeah, um, uh, I'm going uh, fry up for dinner. Okay, uh, like a proper British fry up for dinner nice. without black pudding though, because I ain't got time for that in my life. Um, bosh one of them out, and then black forest gato I think for dessert. Okay. Love a black nice. forest gatto. And then, what have I got left? Um, Your drink. Oh, soft drink and an alcoholic drink. Joe, do you want to tell him what my soft drink will be? Oh, it'll be Iron Brew. Yeah, Iron Brew. Nice. I bet you and Neil got on well, because Neil loves an Iron Brew at the ranch. I feel did like that should have come up. No, it did, did it come up. It did come up. Yeah, you, you Neil's never we there like a yeah, year ago. Neil's yeah. never at the desk without an iron brew. No, He's always got an iron. He brew. loves an iron brew. I think he was yeah. on the sugar-free stuff when we were there. I was then he? He, uh, heretic. <laughs> I think that's how that conversation came up. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why iron brew wasn't mentioned. Oh yeah, it did. It did. I remember now because he had an empty can and it was um all that stuff, and I just well told him he's a wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, alcoholic. What you oh, I'm gonna go out with style and have an espresso martini. Oh. I'm going out. Nice. Go big. Yeah. Nice. I mean, oh, the, I did. I did. Uh, a, I had a chat with Bear from the Anvil, the manager of the Anvil, and he added on how he wanted to be <laughs> be disposed of, which wasn't a question I was going to ask. But if anyone's got any preference, then now's the time to say it. If not, then. Um, Go and check uh, out Penelope. Do, do you want to act? Do you want to act? How I want he, to be disposed of? He, so basically, he said he wants to be drowned. Oh my That's god! Not, oh, because, like how you want to be killed? Yeah. Essentially, I was just trying to glam it up. You know how you, know you want how to be I, unalived. Yeah. You know, you've you've worked out from the past, like however long we've been chatting. <laughs> I have a very good way with words. <laughs> so, I'm an absolute. I'm an absolute off. wordsmith. <laughs> oh yeah, just, just chuck me in a skip. I'm fine. That's just right, don't you like, that yeah. Do you want to be recycled? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeet me into a ditch and have done with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he wanted to be drowned because apparently you get like a really euphoric high just before you drown. So he was like, I want to witness that. He's, I mean, he he had sound logic to it, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's the getting to the point where you're going to drown that would worry me. Yeah, like, <laughs> if it was. For me personally, I would just want a bullet to the head. Done. Quick. Yeah, I don't want to see it coming either. I want to be like walking through, I want to be like walking around a corner and then just like, boom. Here's where I want to be in the dark room with my headphones on. Then (laughs) just get it out of the way. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that got macabre. I don't don't know. We we don't need to discuss that. (laughs) It's all hypothetical. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, boys. Boys. Like, I'm your fucking dad. I think I'm older than both of you, so I think I get away with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> is anyone here older than 32? No. no. Cool. I can. I think I'm legally allowed to call you boys then because I'm older. <laughs> You've also got kids as well, so. That's true. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a legit dad, so it's yeah. just in my nature. Legit dad. They give you a certificate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thank do, you very you? much. One man called the birth certificate. You're on it. You know. Yeah. I'm on two of them. I'm on two of them. I I contributed to the lockdown baby boom and had another one. Uh, yeah, locked inside, not a lot to do. Yeah, so that's how I spent my lockdown, but that's not important. (laughs) Go and check out Penelope Tree on all the socials. Got anything to add? Uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I did did tell you it would be an hour, and I've just realised we've been going for nearly two. Hey, it's a record so, for Penelope Tree. We normally so three yeah. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it, gentlemen. It's been great fun. So I'm actually going to go and have some dinner. Glenn, final update on the Chelsea score. What are we looking at? Oh, I will be with you in 10 seconds. It's, it's the 18th. 2-0 to Chelsea. Okay, shame you couldn't have done that last week in the FA Cup. <laughs> so, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, let's it leave. Is, so yeah. we will finish up and we will leave the FA Cup in Leicester and... Yeah, cheers very, uh, cheers very much. <laughs> words, what is wrong with me? I'm, I'm stuck so teaching. I'm teaching two children how to talk. Espresso <laughs> <laughs> martinis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go and eat some dinner, and I will look forward to the new single that's coming out this year. Thanks, mate. And uh, thank you yeah, very much. I will hopefully see you when shows happen again, and we can do a couple together. I can't uh, wait. It'll be lovely to see your face. Fun. Yeah, thanks very much, gents. Take it easy, and I will speak to you later. Thanks a lot.